All right. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Life Money You podcast. I am Bjorn and I am so excited to welcome a new friend of mine, JP Servideo here. JP, we have connected uh, a bit and definitely felt like we had a nice rapport and similar thoughts about personal finances. Just a little bit about JP before he introduced himself. He teaches teens about money all over the world, actually, and he works for EverFi as an account executive that supports companies and their corporate impact and financial literacy solutions. So JP, welcome to the Life Money You podcast. I'd love for you to just introduce yourself a little more than I did. Yeah, no, absolutely. Super excited to be here. Just like Bjorn said, we connected before and there was a lot of synergy and, and energy that we had. And we started talking about financial literacy stuff and he was like, let's do a podcast. And I'm like, hey, here we go. I- I'm in. So super excited to be here. A little bit about me. I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. Also spent about 10 years in San Diego, but this is where I'm born and raised, where I am now and where I'm from, like I said, originally. I've been teaching, you know, know, probably over the last 10 years, decade, crazy to think about. I've taught over 60 multi-day camps to teenagers all around the world. I've also worked with adults. I've worked with adults on their own finance approaches and uh, parents of teenagers. So a lot of different ways, done a lot in schools, wrote a book called The High Schooler's Guide to Money. And just, I just love the space because of what it allows us. I really do. I enjoy it. I do things I love to do every day. So excited to be here. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for being here. It's cool to meet someone that has uh, just similar passions. And sounds like you've had an opportunity to really impact a lot of generations, which is super cool to think about if you just think about that tree of wealth of knowledge that you've given people. So JP, before we jump into a couple other questions I had for you, I, I did have to ask you a question. So if money grew on trees, what would be everyone's favorite season? If money grew on trees, what would be everyone's favorite season? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I feel like I should be better at this. Fall. <laughs> because the reason- <laughs> yeah, oh, gosh. I, I, I should have said that out loud. That's a good but, one. Uh, oh, boy. You can use I, that one. No, that, one just, that joke is free. Use that. And yes. you know, one thing you learn when you're, when you're teaching teenagers is if you do something and it works and you get a laugh, especially if you do different events, <laughs> I, I pocket those and I will bring them up again, pretend I just said it on the spot and hope that they laugh again. So that might be one I'm going to try. And if it works, I, like I it. will pawn it off as my own for the rest of the events I ever do. <laughs> I love it. Well, that one free of charge for that semi-good joke right there. So, well, hey, you had mentioned uh, as you're introducing yourself, this kind of amazing life that you've had of getting to teach teens about money all over the world. And so I just, I want to hear more about that story. I think it's kind of a cool story to to share. And so, yeah, just how did you get into that? Like, just walk us through the whole story. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, the whole story's long. I, I'll give you the abridged <laughs> version, you know, because it was a lot of years. It was, I always had big dreams. I always wanted to be impactful Right. I didn't really know what that meant at a younger age, but I just remember being younger and, you know, not growing up with a ton of money and and just having these moments of realizing how important money was, like these different moments, different scenarios that just kind of stick out these moments in time. And as I got older, you know, school really wasn't for me. Like I just, I don't think I'm not someone who thinks school's good or bad or like go to college or not go to college. It really just kind of depends what you want to do, but nothing I really wanted to do really needed school and school itself, just like as a standalone thing, you know, I just didn't feel like was giving me 
everything I need to succeed because we weren't talking about money and real estate and all these things. These were like at the time terms I heard. Thought I knew what they meant, but didn't. And, you know, as I left school, got really good jobs. I was an executive for a national marketing company at like 20 years old. I always had good jobs. I always moved up quick, but I got laid off a couple of times. And I was like, hold on, I'm so good and so young moving up. And then I'm getting laid off. I traveled a lot. I ended up in San Diego working for a real estate education, real estate company. They did real estate investments. And they also had an educational element to what they did. But what was different than them, if you've ever understood the real estate education space, a lot of times people in real estate education like they've done some real estate, they've tried to be in education and now they teach it, but they don't really do real estate anymore. The company that I was involved in, they were doing real estate every day, but their real estate education wasn't just about real estate. It was about money and like understanding money and real estate was what they did just because it was when they did the numbers, the best investment, right? Then they do tell you there are other investments and other ways and ways to leverage credit unions and banks and all these things, you know, and it was just about understanding debt. And as I was learning, anytime you're doing that, they did a great job of starting with a foundational financial education and, you know, understanding different asset classes and stuff. And then I was just, as I was in there and learning, I was like, this is everything I wish somebody told me when I was 15. And they had a lot of live events. I was like, hey, I let me put on this one event. Let's do it specific for teenagers, you know, and after some work to get it done and some great internal team members and, and the owners of the company always were super impactful and wonderful in their openness to be more impactful on different ideas. So we ended up doing a, a financial literacy camp for teens. Actually, the first one was four days in San Diego, where I was living at the time, where the company was headquartered. And then we did, it was like a summer camp. And then the next year, we did another summer camp, which was another four-day event. This time it was in Baltimore. And then we realized we wanted to run them all year round. So I built a two-day model, right? So really, I was the one on stage doing all the things, but it was paired with everything I was learning and implementing myself and, and everything that been accomplishing and continuing to accomplish as well as my own successes and failures. We built a two-day model and we got to the point where we we're running like 15 plus events per year. COVID really slowed us down because obviously you can't couldn't gather people in a room together for a couple of years. But we ended up taking these events across the United States, probably 15, 16 different states. We went to Kingston, Jamaica, all over the island of Jamaica, did an assembly tour, flew out to Africa, did multiple camps in Ghana, West Africa, and uh, did another assembly tour around the country. And we were finding kids who like couldn't read and teaching them financial education concepts in a way where they could understand it. You know, in Kingston, we went down to Kingston multiple times. You know, we have a lot of support down there. It's such a great country with such a big opportunity. And um, we did a couple camps down there. And then, you know, like I said, we slowed down. We were on pace to expand to multiple other international countries the year COVID hit. And then over the last year or so, it's been picking back up doing more events. I do them with different companies, different sponsors. And now I also work with EverFi. And I think that's just important to know just because like I run these camps and, you know, as far as, as me as a person, now I get to do it on a larger scale where we get to impact millions of kids a year. So that's kind of a little journey about how I got here in my camps. So that's, I mean, there's so many details I could give you. Oh man, I want to hear the longer version, but I get the overview and that's so exciting. I mean, it, like just to kind of go from you feeling like, wow, if I would have just learned this a little bit younger, that could have been so helpful to taking action. Like it sounds like you're definitely an initiator. Like you'll just sort of run with something if you think it's a good idea. And what was it about, I guess, these camps that kept people so interested and allowed you to have all these opportunities? Like, was it the kids? Was it the parents? What kept the people coming interested to give you all these open doors to keep expanding? Well, you know, one of the things that I learned from them, my, the, the, the 
people I learned from and, and worked with to build out these camps initially was there was a great quote that I heard. I don't know if it was theirs or they got it from somebody, but it was, <laughs> it was being in that environment, you know, that money doesn't buy happiness, but it does buy freedom, right? It buys the freedom to choose, you know, there's a big difference between a traditional education and a financial education. And one thing about a financial education, it actually can give you freedom, and what keeps me going is I think about when I first built the event, I didn't build it to like change a kid's life, right? Because every kid's different, right? I'm not here. And that's not really what I try to do. Although kids, many kids have said it's been a life-changing experience to go to it. Wow. I built the event where it's like, if I could put 15-year-old me, like if you're, if you're watching this right now, right? You're listening to this podcast <laughs> or watching right? If you're an adult, maybe you're a teenager, I don't know. But if you're in your, even in your mid twenties and older, forties, fifties, sixties, however old you, right now, I want you to think about the whole, like, if I knew then what I know now about money, about decision-making just in general and how it affects your success, right? I then made an avatar of me at 15. And what would you have to say to me? How would you have to say it? If you had two days to sit in a chair and talk to 15 year old me and give them all this information, what would I say? And what would I do? And how much you know mistakes that I made that I share with them that could have been avoided if I wouldn't. And it's not everything. Your life's not going to be perfect because you know this stuff. But there are things that I would have avoided if I knew this and this. Come from that place of like just sheer authenticity and not like forcing it down their throat where it's like, maybe you don't want to learn this. I don't know. Maybe somebody forced you to come. And like most of my events, at least 50% of the kids were flat out forced to be there at the minimum. I have events where it's like 80, 85% of the kids don't want to be there. Maybe one or two are curious. Maybe one or two kids are like, yeah, I heard it was about money. I'm excited. But that's even rare, you know? <laughs> but if you can come from a place of like, look, I didn't come here to change your life. I, I came here to say like, here's some information. Do what you want with it. Like, I just want to make sure that you know. And maybe you think you know, and that's cool. You're just going to spend two days making sure that you know. And then they're like, fine. And then over the course of two days, they're like, wait, that's not what I thought it was. And like, now you're having an authentic conversation and you have to give them the space to be curious and to be upset and frustrated because, you know, you're sometimes, unfortunately, and it's not that you, this was the attempt, but like they have these generational mindsets that are outdated, right? Not that they weren't right you know, some of them, not everybody. So it's hard to break that. So they, they get mad, they get frustrated, they have questions, they're, they're curious, you have to give them the space to do that and have a lot of empathy. So that's why the kids stay engaged. And if, I've had kids come to the same event seven times. Oh, wow. Because they just they, they pick up something new every time they love they love how they feel. And the sponsors, anyone that sponsors anything that I'm doing, whether it's my camps or the work that I do with Everfi, like it's always based on on really important partners. And they always want to stay involved because they're the catalysts of that impact now. Although I'm the teacher, I can't do an event without a sponsor. I can't put a curriculum in a school without a sponsor. And like that's where the sponsors stay involved. I'm actually able to prove the impact. Because I talked to them. I heard what they had to say. I, I heard from them years later. So so sponsors love it, you know, doing the camps and all the other stuff. And, and the kids love it. And I love it because my favorite thing is seeing them get it and being on a stage. And, you know, I might be in a room with 60 kids. And all of a sudden, you just see a kid go, oh, wait. like, And they'll, like, out loud be like, oh, 
then I'll be, I'll stop everything. I'll be like, wait, you just like, you, you realize they were like, oh my God, I didn't realize I did that out loud. Like, cause they're just body is reacting to like this amazing information <laughs> because it's not just that they learned it, they get it. Yep. One yeah. thing that I really love that you said was, and this is kind of a temptation that we all have working in this space is sort of that expert mentality. Like I'm an expert, you're not an expert and I'm going to expert on you and that's going to make you get it. And I love how you said you tried to put yourself back in your 15-year-old shoes and write this to your 15-year-old self, putting yourself in their shoes. And that is something that people who are really good at helping people like coaches and others that are professionally trained, but also are really good on like the street knowledge, if you will, like you can get letters behind your name as long as you want, as, you know, as many as you want, but until you can put yourself in someone else's shoes and try to understand what they're going through, or at least try to talk about it in a way or ask questions in a way that doesn't put your own expertise or values on top of someone. And you realize that like, it's pretty personal. Like this whole area is pretty personal and people's values are all very different. And so if you try to do too much of that, that'll turn people off. Like you said, you have to be authentic with youth. Yeah, and-, and it really does what you said goes with the quote. And the quote is, our acts can be no wiser than our thoughts and our thinking can be no wiser than our understanding. And I think so often we want to provide people with information, show them how much we know, look how smart I am. Like you do what I do because what I do is great. But like, that's the thing about money too. And I think that's what's so important about being financial education, right? Let's just say I thought, you know, real estate or mutual funds or stocks or, you know, other investment accounts were the best investment. Pick one because there's been millionaires in all of them. I could tell a kid like, hey, here's a really good idea. Go do this. One, I'm not a financial advisor, right? I don't have some special license to do this. so I wouldn't do that anyway. But what I would just say is like, that could be different tomorrow. Markets fluctuate, right? Real estate could be a good investment today. Depends where you're buying. It could be bad. It it goes up and down. And like, and that's what kids need to know. Because they always ask me, so what investment should I buy? I said, you know, it's not, you're asking the wrong question. It's not what investment should I buy. It's how should I continue learning about investments is the question. Because that will resonate no matter what field you're in. And that's where people like you, I like chatting with people like you, because you're at the forefront of trying to provide education, not telling people what to do. Yeah, you work for a credit union, so you have some things that they can take advantage of and building their credit and doing other things. But you're like, hey, let me just educate you. Do what you want. But hey, I'm here in case you want any of these things. So Right. And I think the other thing I heard you say too is that the feeling that a teen gets when somebody believes in them too, like you're there, you, you're believing in these kids, right? You, you believe that you as a 15 year old, if you would have just heard this and had someone believe in you that you can do it. And I see that with my own kids too. Like when my kids feel the most loved is when I, I believe in them. Like I believe that they can actually do it, even though they may not be able to perfectly do it. And that's okay. The belief factor, that's, I think one, that's another factor I think that makes a, somebody a standout financial educator, coach, whatever, is just the belief that there are some confusing parts of personal finance, but a lot of it is not that confusing. It's actually pretty straightforward. You need to have someone that believes in you though, that you can actually accomplish those things because motivation and honestly, just like sticking with it so hard. Discipline. Simple is just not easy, right? And and like the the first thing that you almost have to erase is just, well, not erase, but the first thing we almost have to shift is their self-concept. Yep. I personally find that to be more difficult with adults because the way our brains work, it's just science that like your brain is more ingrained in your habits as you get older. It's just, that's just scientific fact. 
which is part of why I like working with teens. Now, the adults that do it, I give you a round of applause because you have to be so kind of extra open and willing to change and do the work. But with teens, you first have to get them to understand like, and I say this out loud in my camps, I think this is really important and so relevant to the time. I tell them, I say, by the way, to all of you, like it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, where you come from, gender, sexual orientation, like nothing that I'm going to say this weekend is going to be hindered by any of those things. Could there be other things in your life that might be challenges because of those things, because of society? Let's just be honest. Unfortunately, that's the case, but it's got nothing to do with you making money. And when they think about that, and that's what we do over the course of days is I prove that to them. I prove it with science and with math right? Like here's some numbers. Yep, if yep. you can do this over this much time, you'll have this much later. doesn't matter the color of your skin. Like no one ever asked me the color of my skin when I bought a stock. They weren't like, by the yep. way, before you buy this, what gender are you? Like they might ask yep. you like, just so they know, you know what I mean? They might be like, are you, you know, what gender? But they're not going to be like, oh, you're this gender. You can't buy this. Like, so right. if you just have an education, yep. none of that matters. You, you totally. I can't stop all the other challenges you may or may not have. I've had them. And that's not going to stop, but I can give you an education where it's got nothing to do with money. So you bring up a really good point that, you know, we talk all about how important education is for students, but why don't we require like a personal financial education across the U.S.? Like why, why aren't more states, more schools requiring this if it's such a big part of what kids need to know about? You know, the way I look at that, I actually don't spend a lot of time personally in that headspace of why aren't they doing it? Let's just say they, they were to do it. The legislation, the years, the implementation, like what about the kids today, right? I think it's more important to start showing them where there are resources, right? I'll give you an example. I, I had a little cousin that was over my house one day. I was living in San Diego. I was back in Boston, staying at my mother's house, crashing for a couple of days. And my little cousin came over. She was you know, in her early twenties. You know, She's like, oh, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I'm working on this presentation about credit and just like how credit works and how I built a really good credit score and all this stuff. And she's like, oh, why didn't nobody teach me this in high school? Same thing everybody says. And I'm like, well, you got a cell phone? I was like, you could have looked this up at any moment. That's in very true. Internet on your phone. So it's like, it's not school fault. It's your fault. Now, by the way, like, would it be great if the traditional education system from a foundational level had all these things? Yeah, it'd be fantastic. But like, I'm not going to wait for them. So I just created it on my own. I, love and like, it. I think it's important to show kids and people that like, it's there for you now. Like that was never the case before. And we still operate like we don't have the internet. Like it's not on my phone and I can find any answer that I want. So I don't know why they do it. They're starting to, different states are starting to, we are picking up momentum. So it's encouraging, but you can start learning today and all the information is of access to you. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a super great point that with YouTube and TikTok and I mean, that's why those platforms are. I think you just actually brought something up that I, I haven't even internally thought about. But like first with TikTok, and it, it doesn't mean what these people saying are right, right? Like Good there's point. so much information. The thing that nobody wants to do is actually spend the time to sift through because let's be frank, like people are lazy, right? Like naturally they want it easier and faster, right? And if we can tell them we believe in them and, and give them the truth that it's going to take a little bit of work, but you have to do some due diligence and all these things you say, you don't always have a company like Everfi who has like this entire team that makes sure all their information is right. To do it individually, you have to do it yourself. And like, that's why me, and the thing is too, like I as an individual could be wrong. 
right? Like, and that's the thing too. That's why I don't go into those events being like, I'm the expert. I'm like, look, guys, I did some things well. I did some things wrong. Here's some great information for you in a fun, energetic, open forum type event. And that's why they listen. But the school system, man, I I just, uh, I don't even spend any head time in that space. I just think, what can I do right now? And where do I need to get what I need? Because I can. Yeah, right. These are all super good points. I, you're totally right that within the last you know, 20 years, I guess, but maybe even more in the last 10 years, the amount of information available is there and making sure that kids know where it is and encouraging them to also get good information too. And I think just starting to encourage people to have conversations about money. And what I love about what we do at Life Money U is we're trying to impact future generations by working with adults. So, I mean, that's, I know Everfy does the same thing, but, and we kind of laser focus on employees and adults, but we do often talk about kids and many people will come to me asking, you know, like, how can I bring this to my kids? Or do you do topics on that? Or like, what are some tips on how to kind of get that started? So I love that many are already thinking about that. And that's like my personal mission statement actually is to (laughs) impact generational wealth for families. Because like you said, I mean, if, if you didn't if you don't grow up learning about it, it is harder. I mean, there's it's easier than it ever has been, but it's still hard because you said like a bunch of kids come to your sessions. They don't really necessarily want to be there. But for a lot of them, the light bulb goes on and or they kind of get more excited about it once they start learning about it. And that's sort of like coaching. Like I always compare it to marriage counseling, right? Like I'm married. Nobody wants to do marriage counseling because they think that means you have a problem. But All of my friends who have done marriage counseling encourage me and my wife to do it because they have loved it so much. They're like, it is the best thing we've ever done. It opened up all these conversations. Our relationship is the best it's ever been. And you should just do it. And so it's the same thing with going to a financial class, working with a financial coach. It's too bad that it's such a taboo kind of topic. And I think you and I both would just love to see a future world (laughs) where it's not that, where it's it's just a normal part of life that people talk about. Because once the conversation is broached and then you learn a few things, like you're teaching like math and the compounding factor and the time factor with youth and all of that, that can blow your mind as a kid. Because if you, like I started saving for retirement when I was 18 because I learned about the rule of 72 and I opened up a Roth IRA and like, oh my, oh God. my gosh, I can't good. imagine it. Just that I know. alone, I know. depending on what you do with the money, Money could be millions of tax-free dollars later. It's crazy. I know. I love that you talk about some of these things and show kids like the math behind it all. And that's the thing is like, like for those of you at home and you listening, right? Like anybody who's thinking of teenagers and how argumentative they can be, I literally show them compound interest. And I'm like, tell me this is wrong. It's like, you're a teenager. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. And they're like, well, you're not wrong. And I'm like, so what's the most important thing? They're like starting sooner. And then they're like, so you think I should invest my money now? I'm like, no, I actually don't care if you invest your money. But I just want to know, do you get this or do you not understand this? I understand it. Cool. Do whatever you want. And then they're like, well, maybe like that seems the most sense for me. Yeah, why wouldn't I? I want to buy this thing. I was like, so do that. But here's the kicker. Like, and here's what I, I hate. And I hate the strong word, but I do. I hate it. I hate this. This is not about making the most money. It's about being happy and having enough money to live your life as happy as you want to be, right? But what I really don't like, and I will use the term hate on this, is I hate people who spend every dollar and don't spend the time to get educated and all that. And then they say like, 
it's somebody else's fault that I don't have money. Right. It was the school system. Woe is it was me. like, no. Yes, woe is yeah, me. Like, yeah. It's you. And by the way, like that's really empowering. Like people take that in a bad light. But to me, that's really empowering because if it's my fault, like what does that mean? Right. Like I can fix it. Like if it was my, like, I, I don't like, you know, the financial, the bad financial decisions that I made, I don't go like, oh, well, it was the government, this legislation, if the t- school had just done this. No, I'm always like, I guess that was me because now I can fix it. Right. And I think that's the same. I think it actually, I love your example. I'm a believer in counseling because like all of us are dealing with different scenarios every day in our lives. And like, we've never dealt with these scenarios before. So why not talk to someone who's a professional in this arena to help me? Is everything they're going to say going to be exactly right? No, they could be wrong too, but it's about taking that information, digesting it and using it as like from an educated foundational place. And it's the same with money. It's the the process. And that's what you hit on the most is the process. The same in sports, right? Like people pay millions of dollars, hundreds of maybe not millions until they get to a certain age, but like people pay tens of thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars to coaches and, and camps. They send their kids to camps and all this stuff, but they won't get their kid counseling because they've been through this really tragic scenario. Because it, you know, it's it's our own stuff that we can't get out of the way of. We're like, well, if I do that, that means something's wrong, and I'm a bad this. You know what I mean? It just doesn't work. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. I love that you're starting this earlier for kids because I think that I do agree with you that this is only kind of a foundation because I think you do to some level have to have an ability to practice some of these things too and kind of learn. And that's all part of the process. But because we, in our country at least, don't do a lot of teaching earlier on, there's like less of a foundation to build off of. And so like, even when I'm working with adults, I mean, I've just been honestly... JP like shocked at some of the people that I work with and what's going on, you know, and you just think like, you've done this this way for like 50 years. That's a long time to like over and you don't have as much time now to overcome it. And we we will try to overcome it. But like, it's just harder. It's a lot easier if you can do it sooner. And so I love that that's your focus. One question for you, as you just think about the youth that you've worked with, I was just curious, like, how well are youth doing with money? Or what's kind of the hardest thing for youth to understand? Or are we in a great spot as a country? Like just your what's your read on the students and kids that you're you're working with yeah i think that i'm encouraged where we're at you know if i if i think about like more kids than ever have brokerage accounts like i think i think the parents are now like millennials or parents and they were kind of the first generation to have access to information and like there's a gap you know, I think there was a gap before then of time where people still thinking of what was relevant 50 years ago. And it's not right or wrong. It's just different. And like now the millennials are parents, so they want their kids to start building credit. There's ways they can do that. And so like I'm encouraged, but it also creates a bigger room for risk because kids are actually able to do more things to make money. Like a kid can start a YouTube channel and make money, but anything, right? And if their parents aren't educated, like you're at more risk, but I'm very encouraged. Kids are thinking about money now. It's on TikTok. Again, this is just due to access of information. You can't really pretend anymore until your kid is an adult, you know, how you are. Because our stuff is online and our stuff's been online for some of us 10, 15 years at this point. So my kid who's 15 years old, I don't have any kids personally, but like a kid who's 15 years old can see what their mother or father was doing 10 years ago and how they were acting unless you scrub their everything. We all know that nothing ever goes away. So like I'm encouraged because they're getting access to more information. They're a little more open-minded to information. So like, I think it's a good time. I'd like to be optimistic, but, but I think it's. No, I mean, I, that's awesome to hear that. And I, I think it is becoming probably a little more normalized than 
across like different age groups than maybe we've seen in the past. So that's a really great thing. And then, like you said, just with the technology factor and even just kind of the cool factor, I guess, of investing and, and honestly, like the options that you have to do like fractional share investing or other kinds of like spare change investing, you know, those kinds of concepts where you don't have to have like thousands of dollars to be able to get in to the market. You can just have a few dollars. <laughs> you can get going. Super exciting. Yeah, I think it's yeah. just, I just think it's access to information now. I think I would liken it to, have you seen on the news recently that they've, they've been, and for those of you listening, you may have seen on the news recently, they're talking about the younger generations are drinking alcohol less. Right. There's a lot of news out there about younger generations drinking alcohol less, like the percentage of high schoolers that are drinking alcohol is less than it used to be. You know, people always think of high school parties. And by the way, I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying they should be. We have to be able to talk in reality. And like a lot of us were in high school, we saw it, right? That's when kids kind of start to think about that decision. That's why I like working with high schoolers because you start to, to really think about like, this is when you kind of have decisions to make. Yeah. You're drinking alcohol less because there's more information of the impact it has on your brain and the negative impact. And these kids realize that like, I can go be an athlete and I can get all the training that I need and I can do all the things. And like, they realize they can also make money too. So they're more willing to do that. So it's just access to information is I think a good thing. Yeah in uh, moderation. Right, exactly. I know and that and with uh, AI and ChatGPT like all that that's going to just make it explode uh, even further than than ever Crazy, before, yeah. but good and bads to to both. As you work with youth, I was curious what works well when trying to teach kids about money. Like what, like when you put on a, one of these camps, like, have you learned some tricks of the trade? I'm just thinking of like parents that might be listening. They maybe can't, they could send their kids to one of your day camps. I think that'd be great. But if they're going to do it in their home or during their life and try to teach these things, busy parents, like, are there things that we could do? I'm a parent. What could I do to teach my kids in an effective way? Yeah, I would say there's two things. And I always want to be really clear on this, that like, I'm not giving anyone parenting advice, right? I have no <laughs> desire to. All I am going to share with you is two things. One's a very specific thing that you could do. And one's just an approach that I take that I have found works and that I actually have had kids say to me, the way that you said that made it make sense. Because so often our parents are like, you need to do this and do this with your money. So here's what you're going to do, right? If you have that relationship with your kids and that works, then do that. I'm not telling you not to do something that doesn't work. But if you're looking for different ways to do it, the first approach that I take in all of my camps, and I kind of said it already, is I'm a believer that with my, I have nieces and nephews. One of my, my nephew is 16, right? So this is what I would do with him. A lot of kids are going to say, yes, mom, yes, dad, yes, grandparent, guardian, whatever. They're going to say, yes, I would. Okay, I hear what you're saying. I'll do that, right? I don't need them to say yes in front of me. Like, you know, Bjorn, I'm sure you've had your kids done something wrong. Do you know what you did wrong? And they're like, yes, dad, I did eventually because they have to do that so that they don't get in more trouble, right? Yep. I need them to make the right decision when I'm not, right? Like I don't need them to say yes when they're standing here right next to me. I need them to say yes when they go to a store, they just got a hundred bucks and they have two options. Can I put a little money aside and spend some? Or like, I just want these sneakers, I'm spending all hundred dollars. Like right. that's the moment I need them to make a good decision. Right. So I think we have to think about it in that context. Right. Yep. And the only way that you're going to get there is if they feel like you listen to them because this is for what they want, not what you want. 
right? Like they have to make that decision because they want to, not because you told them to, right? And as I've worked with teenagers, and I kind of said it, where I would rather my teenager, if it was my own child, I would rather my teenager make the mistake while they're in high school, but know that it's their fault, good or bad, than to not learn and then later make the mistake when they're 25 or 30 and they're older and they got kids and there's a lot more responsibilities. Because guess what? When they're teenagers, of course they can do it when they're older. But when they're teenagers, they live at home. They could fall all on their face and mom and dad are here. Good. You still got your room. You still got your food. You still got everything. You still yep. got all the comforts yep. of home and all the support, right? So the first thing that I would do is when I'm talking to them about money or the kid says, hey, like I want to buy these things or I want to do this thing. And it's going to go into the, we have to do the, I'm, I'm explaining to you the second part, but the first part is vital. The part we're talking about is an approach of like, okay, well, you could do this or you could do this. Do you get the difference? Because kids don't, I think this is this is the point that I really want to make. Kids don't do, we've all made mistakes in high school. We don't do bad things because of our hormones, right? A lot of kids like, oh, it's a hormonal teenager. The way our brains develop is our de- brain develops from back to front, right? And the emotional part of our brain is fully developed you know, around 14, 15 years old. The logical part of our brain doesn't catch up until we're like in our mid-20s. So the reason I'm saying that is because we don't do stupid things because of our hormones, because that technically in our brain and the way that we think is developed. We do stupid things because we don't think something bad's going to happen, right? Like as you get older, I remember in high school, there was this one girl that I was friends with and she lost her sibling in high school. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because that was the first time someone I knew's sibling passed away. But as we get older, our friends, we all get older, our friends, siblings pass away, our aunt, these things all happen to us more. So what does that make you do as a person? Start to really evaluate my own life and think like, man, like you come more grips with your own mortality. Right. Yeah. With money, right? We spend money frivolously when we're kids because we just don't think that we're going to be in a scenario because we've never seen it. Like we didn't see our friends lose their house or get sued or we haven't seen our friend. Like some of us have had conversations with our friends who are struggling with money every day, but now they have multiple kids. And every day we sit down with our friend, like, man, I'm just so tight. I wish I could take a vacation. Like we, they haven't been in those conversations yet. Yeah. So we have to have empathy for that. Like we're asking them to to have the same, you know, frustration as we have and make better decisions because that's what I wish I would have done. But like we're also not telling them the bad. So sometimes you have to explain to them, like, hey, like I just want you to know that like I went to high school with this kid, or me when I was in high school, I did what you're doing. It was a bad decision on my part, and here's why. Because we don't want to tell the kids the bad things we did because we're the parents and we know all. And like, but how do you expect your kids to come to you and explain something they did wrong when you've never done that to them? Like they don't, they haven't seen that example. They don't know how that works. Yeah. And it's the same with money. So it's, it, you know, so when I do that conversation with them, I'm like, yeah, like I totally get what you want to do. Like I did that. And by the way, this thing really worked for me. And also the same as like, here's something I did wrong. So when I start sharing my mistakes, the kids start telling me their mistakes. I don't even ask because now it's like a conversation. So it's money. It's just decision-making in general. And the first thing that I would teach a teen is the same thing that I would teach an adult, right? You talked earlier about teens versus adults. It's harder for adults. What I think is the hardest for adults is they just feel like this natural urgency to need it faster and sooner because I'm older. But the same thing that a teenager should do is the same thing an adult who didn't have a financial education should do. I don't care if they're 60 years old. And like, again, you mentioned earlier, like, well, I'm talking to some of these people and I'm realizing they just don't have the same amount of time. And none of that matters to me. I'm like, look, here's where you are. Here's the first step. 
I don't care if you're 10 or 90, this is what you need to do first. Right. And, and that's where like not spending any time in that negative place, I think helps. I just like, great, let's move on. Like I hate as a side note, I hate when my tax accountant says to me, there's like some of my income is, you know, self-employed income. And some of it is under, right. Like I have, you know, entity structure. If some of you know what I'm talking about. And they always, sometimes a while ago, the tax accountant would go, oh man, you're going to get killed in this area. And I'm like, hold on. That's irrelevant to me. Like, I get it. I'm already here. Just tell me how we can fix it and what we could do. Yep. If we spend any time in that place, I'm going to get somebody else because that that does me no good. That doesn't help me. Nice. So the first thing I would teach a kid, I would teach an adult is most people think about the first thing I'm going to ask you, what's the first thing any person put money into at the youngest age? First person they put money the into. You as a person, oh. most people put money into. Happens when we're very young. It's a, it's a specific thing. We have money. We put it in this place. Savings account? It's before that. Before that. Oh, piggy bank. Yeah. Piggy bank, right? Yeah. And what you do is you take money, you put it in your piggy bank, and what do you eventually do with your piggy bank? Take it out and spend it or put it in the bank somewhere? No, you take it out and you spend it, right? Like you yeah. from, from the piggy bank, we take it, we put it in a piggy bank, we break the piggy bank open, we spend it or empty it out, whatever. We spend it. It'd be a jar or whatever the case may be. You work for a credit union, right? Most people start working, start being involved in your credit union because they take their money and they do what? They give it to you. Piggy bank. Spend, yeah, give it to me. Spend saving account. Put it in the put it in the digital piggy bank. <laughs> and take it out. Take it and out. They spend it. They pay their bills yep. and they do the things, and it doesn't ever change, right? Like neurologically, yep. we've been given a cognitive bias, and I use that term a couple times because we've been built, we've all built a cognitive bias just from generations of of thought process, right? So we're we're born with one pretty much. And some of us who have been in the right environments have a cognitive bias to the other decision, right? To the good decisions, right? But, but yep. most of us take our money, we put it in one place and we spend it. And we've been taught that from the youngest age possible. One of the things that I've learned and where I would start is when I get paid, I would pay myself first, right? Like that's the first thing I would do. So, so there's actually like, I use as an example, a four bucket system, as you get older and as you get more evolved in your understanding of what's going on, maybe you got six buckets, right? Maybe you're your own business. And when you get paid, you put your tax money aside, right? Not only do I put my tax money aside, I put my, my money aside for my uh, expenses. And then I have this extra yep. money. What do I do with that money? And just understanding that when I get paid, most people like kids, take money and they spend it. Like they go to Chick-fil-A or they go to like, you know, yep. Lululemon or they go to these stores that they go to all the time. And I, I, what I'll usually do is I'll have a kid say, I'll ask them, I'll say, who here has a favorite store? Maybe it's Starbucks, right? One of those kids that goes, gets a $4 coffee four days a week, right? Like they yeah. have this money. And I always say to them, I say, hey, okay, so your favorite thing, if someone says Starbucks, I say, how much is Starbucks worth? Look it up for me. Look, grab your phone, look up how much Starbucks is worth. And they say, okay. I say, the reason they have billions of dollars is because you, a 16-year-old, will work all summer, save this money, and give 80% of it to Starbucks. That's why they have billions of dollars. <laughs> Picture and imagine if at 14 years old, you took 80% of all of your money and paid you first, put it in a place, started saving it, took that particular nest egg. Now, by the way, do I still have money for expenses? 
Yeah. Know? I still have money yep. for my, my daily life. Yeah. Right. But picture, imagine if I took 80% of that money as a kid when I don't have expenses and put it in a place and then started spending the time to learn about money and educating myself and growing that money. And then every time I got paid, I paid me first. So think, you know, and you know, there's a really good quote. It's actually in the in the book, The Richest Man of Babylon. It says, you know, I didn't make this up off the top of my head. This is like a really foundational principle that, by the way, this was written in 1920. So any one of us could have, you know, this is just one piece of information. There's so many things. Right. But like 10% of all I make is mine to keep, right? Like if every time I got paid, you have, right now you have a job, let's say you make 1500 bucks a week. Okay, I would take, I would get paid and I would take $150 and put it aside. Okay, so I have $1,350 left. Is that really going to change my life, that $150? Now, by the way, I am sure some of you listening to this podcast are like, yes, right now that would change my life. It's not about it being 10%. If you're a kid, you don't have that issue. And that's why it's so important to start when you're a kid, because then you have that nest egg and you've made good decisions. As you're older, it's whatever you can do. But try to, even if it's $10, $20, if I'm 50 yeah. years old and I have any sort of an income, I would change, shift, downs, do whatever I need to do to start taking a small piece of that money. When I got paid, I pay me first. And then by paying me first, I'm putting this money aside. Yeah, I can't invest that $10 maybe. But as I do that, you'd be shocked in weeks, months, years, $15,000, $20,000, whatever the case may be. And now I got this nest egg and that's only designed to invest. And by the way, if I lost all that money, is my life changed at all? No. Because no. yeah. I, I put the money aside for the other stuff. I only paid me what I could put aside. The younger, the more you can put aside, the better you are with your money. The more yeah. you can put aside, the more you can put aside, the more you can invest, the sooner you have freedom. So does that, I, love I mean, it. I know I like got, oh, I yeah. love the stuff we got right onto it, but that's, that's I what I would say is what I would do first. Is it that approach? I'm not telling you what to do with your money. I just want you to understand both things. And here's the key to that, that I didn't say, Hey, What's your kid's name? Annalise. Annalise. Okay, Annalise. Dad, you know, I want to buy this thing and do this thing. Great. Well, you made all this. Well, let's take a look. Like you made all this money. How do you not have this money? Dad, just give me the money. Look, maybe you're going to give it to her. Maybe you're not. Annalise, I just want to get, make sure you understand. If you keep doing this, you're always going to need money. There are other people who do this with their money and they get this. Or maybe I've done this with my money. That's why I can do this. Maybe if it's not you, you use somebody else's story, but maybe you are. Oh, so dad, you're just telling me I should do this. No, Annalise. Here's what I want you to know. And this is the key. Annalise, I don't care what you do with your money. You're not going to probably listen to me anyway when you're out with your friend. I just want to make sure that you know that this is what happens. I love you no matter what decision you make. Yeah. Because that's the other thing too, that kids think your love is dependent if they do what you tell them to do. So they want to do it, but they're conflicted because it's not what they want to do, but they don't want to let you down. And if then it all comes out in a, ball of fury most of the time. And it's, they're not actually know how to articulate what's actually going on internally. Yeah. Wow. You said so many helpful things there. And as a, as a parent, I have actually four kids, so I'm, I have a lot of practice to put forward here, but what I loved about what you said was just these kind of, they seem insignificant almost to some level, but these small things that we can do early on. And I, and I was just thinking, as you were saying that, like, I'm thinking of my friends, people in my life that you know, are really good at something. Like I'm a musician. So like or other musicians, like really good at violin, really good at piano, really good at golf, really good at uh, whatever it is, or have a lot of money saved or whatever. And in a lot of ways, like, I mean this in the nicest way, like they're not like remarkable people. 
they're not like professional athletes. They're not like gifted individuals in the top 1% of whatever you want to category yeah, you want to put them in. The yeah, they're just like a regular person and they are super good at something. And the reason why they're so good at it is because they've spent a lot of time <laughs> working on it. Exactly what you're saying. And I know like I, I am a fan uh, to, to some level of Dave Ramsey and I know Chris Hogan used to work with him. And they, anyways, they did this big study on millionaires. Who are millionaires? And I know that they that was part of their conclusion from their study was just like many millionaires are, you would never even know that they're millionaires because they just are average. They look like average people. They act like regular people. They don't have flashy cars. They don't have, but they do exactly what you just said, which is they do, they do the right things. In if that's what their goal is, they do that, put aside money for a long, long time. And you've kind of like connected some dots for me here because I'm thinking of like my kids and we talk about, I do give them an allowance and we do talk about giving, saving and spending. And I do have them do all those things, but I could probably take it a step further here and both do the last thing you just said was just make sure that they know that I love them no matter what. And because I was a kid once too, and I didn't make all the right decisions. And then number two, explain to them kind of like help them more in like the decision-making process, like make sure that they understand like how to make a decision, not necessarily which is the right decision, but just how to make a decision because you're teaching them how to learn. Like you want them to love to learn. The desire to learn is greater than any single piece of information you could give them. So while they're home, if you can be like, okay, these are the decisions you're making and all that money that you had them put away, giving back, saving, spending, all that money goes away. Even your savings money, we're saving that up for bigger purchases. Where's the money that stays with me and grows with me over time? That's right. Like even you who has a financial education, you probably were saying savings and that's what you meant, but we need to clearly identify which one of this money is for me to grow. And by the way, make sure it's not affecting the giving back and the savings and the spending. But if I pay me first, then I'm going to move my budget accordingly. And like, yeah, that's the... Hey, I'm just here to help you make, because guess what else is going to happen, which is pretty cool. And this fires me up. Guess what else is going to happen? This is pretty cool when you do this with money. One day, maybe your kids are trying to decide if they should drink alcohol and they're in high school or like they're, they're, they're confronted with that situation. A lot of high school kids are. Well, if they know that my dad's not going to judge me and he's just going to help me figure out how to make this decision, they might actually come have that conversation. Yep. And that's what happens at my camps all the time. We talk about money, but kids come up to me and they're like, hey, like, I can really tell that you're just going to like give me the way to think about this, but I'm dealing with this thing at home or I'm dealing with this thing with my friends and I don't know how to deal. And I'm like, look, you might make the right decision. You might make the wrong one. Here's an example of something I went through with somebody I know. Here's what they did. Here's the one that went bad. Here's the one that went good. Like that's kind of how you're going to have to make this decision. And that alone just has them go, Oh, like, so they're willing to make the hard decision because they understand the the back and the forth of it. And guess what I am? I'm just the supportive, caring adult that was there for them and told them no matter what, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And they watch this. I've seen them take a deep breath at that moment. And that's what you want. It's not about the yep. information. It's about teaching them how to learn and make decisions. Yeah. Wow. Well, you're not a parent, JP, but you've given a lot of really good parenting advice I mean, right I, now, please, I would say. Please, no, I'm not trying to. It's just it's no, just it's, done by working with a lot of kids. No, that's you have a lot of experience, you know, and I think that I'm kind of like 
thinking a lot about, wow, like you're totally right. Like I, I teach at my kids a lot more than I kind of live with my kids. And I, and I desire to be exactly like you just said, like, I want to be a trusted person that no matter what, they come to me someday with the big questions and, and I want them to love to learn. You know, I don't want them to, I don't want them to hate learning because it's all about just like getting the task done or getting the assignment done or getting the grade or getting the whatever that bleeds into money too. Like you said, like money is just the tool that is what we use to kind of do the thing or have the feeling that is behind that. And that's a deeper, more core to kind of who we are, you know, and that's harder to change. Like you said, as you get older, because they're like deeply rooted values and dreams and things. And if, if we over decades, sort of try to get those things, then it's going to be much harder to shift those. And like you said, kudos to the adults that we work with that are able to do it, but they have to put some like serious dedication toward it in order to to shift that. It's, it's like you're you know 50 pounds overweight and you're trying to lose that. It just gets a lot harder um, the older you get because of, you know, biologically it's harder and it's just harder because your life is busier. You might not be able to exercise as much and yada, yada. So or it people takes a, do it though. It takes a more, or it takes a more impactful situation Right. Somebody says you should lose weight. You should lose weight. They say, yeah, I know. Doctor tells me you should lose weight. They say, yeah, I know. And then, you know, one day the doctor says, okay, you're going to die next week if you don't lose weight. And now you're going to change. So it takes, you know, and then we're always like, why are these bad things happening to us? Well, you know, what can go wrong? Will if we had just done the simple things before we wouldn't have had to do the big things now. And obviously, again, you can't prevent everything from happening, but you can prevent a lot more than you think. The younger you are, the smaller the decision, the older you are, the bigger the jump it's got to be. It's just math. Yeah. Well, yeah, this has been so helpful. Um, seriously, I really, really appreciate it. I, you kind of have helped me shift from what I keep thinking for my kids is like, oh my gosh, if I could just get them to save more, they would have like so much more down the road, which is true. But really, I want to teach them how to make better decisions or just like how to make decisions, how to make, you know, both good and bad. I mean, just like kind of how to go through that process and establish like a good relationship and trust so that when they do need help, you know, from me or from someone else, they kind of know how to, how to go get that. It doesn't have to be perfected right now. It's actually better probably to make some mistakes, like you said, now that are less impactful in a life so that you can learn from those mistakes now. And so almost like setting up, you know, a little bit of failure, (laughs) to happen for your kids sake so that they can learn so they can actually learn from that. And and then you can work through the process with them rather than just have kind of a smaller goal like I have of which is a still a fine goal, but just a smaller goal of like, oh, if we just like open up a Roth IRA now and start putting money into it, then it's going to be so much better down the road. But if I do the disservice of not teaching them like how to think about it and like how to learn about it and how to go get help if you need it and how to make decisions between putting money there or spending on ice cream. That also is very important because that that's like day-to-day life stuff that you're going to have to do for decades and decades and decades. And if you, if you don't learn that, you can learn it later, but it's, it'll be harder. And guess what happens when they like, and again, I don't know how we ended up on this topic, but guess what happens later <laughs> when they're in a relationship and maybe they're married and it's not working, they're going to go, Hmm, let me get a coach and a mentor first. And let me like their process is going to be so fundamentally built. And here's the one thing that I would add to that. I know as we're kind of getting down to it, here's the one thing that I would add to that right now, you can't just get up, run downstairs and be like, guys, I got a bunch of stuff to teach you. It's going to be amazing because how are they going to feel? Oh, here goes daddy. There's going to be openings. Yep. There's going to be openings. And when that opening comes, you have to take advantage of it. 
yep. right? It's like, it's like, you know, the, the, the kid who wants to play catch with his dad. There's going to be moments where you're like, come on, let's go do something. It's like, dad, I want to play video games. Dad, I want to watch TV, blah, 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 right? And you can't force it on them. But there's going to be the time where they're like, you're a little tired. And they're like, dad, I want to go play catch. And you have to take advantage of that one yep. to get more of those later. So you got to kind of be flexible on when and how you deliver it. Yep. But there's going to be days where they need money and they're asking for money. And you're like, well, look, look, Annalise, you keep saying that you want these things. And like, do you really want me to tell you the truth? Or do you just want to keep going about it this way? Because if you want to keep going about it this way, I won't even bother. <laughs> but if you really want me to, like, let me show you something for five minutes. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I just want to make sure you get the difference between both things. And then, you, okay, fine, dad, fine. Okay, let me just let me just show you one thing. You show them something. Do you get this? Yeah, but dad, what about this? But guess what's happening right now? We're having a conversation and you're listening to their feedback. Yep. You're like, I get that. And by the way, maybe their feedback's right. Okay, I didn't think of it that way. Here, let me let me show you different. Now it's a conversation. At the end of the conversation, it's okay, but like, do you see the difference between this and this? Yeah. So dad, you're telling me I should do this. No, Annalise, I love you whether you do this or this. I just yeah. like, I don't think you get that. I love you no matter what. I just want you to know that this is the difference. Do you really get this? Yeah, dad, I get it. Cool. Look, you're not even going to listen to me, I'm sure. I love you no matter, but you know I love you no matter what, honey. You know, maybe not everyone says love, but however you express that. Yeah. If you can do that, maybe she's got something else she wants to debate with you and she knows you're going to listen and you're going to be, you're not going to tell her what to do. That's yeah. why kids don't want to come to their parents most of the time because they tell me this. They're like, I can't tell my mom because if I say this, she's going to say this. She's not huh. going to go, well, here, let me just show you some ways to think about it. And then look, I love you no matter what. I didn't make all the right decisions. I know you're going to make some bad decisions. I just want to know that like, you know, this is, you have control over this. Great. So if you go get in trouble and guess what, when they do get in trouble, and, I, and again, I know this is about money and this isn't a parenting talk, but this is the approach when they yeah. do get in trouble, it's like, you knew the difference, right? You did the thing that was more likely to get in trouble. You got in trouble. I've done it too, honey. Look, yeah, you're grounded for this time. We got to do it. I'm your dad. I got to do that part. But just, I love you no matter what. But yeah, you messed up this time. Yeah. And, like, and that's, that's the win. Like now you win. Notice how it wasn't about how much money they made. But yep. money buys freedom, decision making. Like it, it's, if you can do that. Now you're connecting with them and they'll listen to what you have to say if you want to talk about money. You've helped us, I think, think through like how to help your kids be more flexible and versatile so that I agree with you. And I think we'll just, we will wrap it up here. Money does not buy happiness. It does buy freedom and flexibility and time. But there are tons of people that would by the world standards not make a lot of money that are very happy because they have learned how to, to live within that. And, and or make like be flexible and make different kinds of decisions because they have some of this understanding that you're talking about. So, wow. I mean, I think there's a lot of just golden nuggets in here. Seriously, JP, seriously, you got me thinking a lot about how to go talk with my kids. And I, I won't go downstairs right now and do it, but uh, it's going to be hard not to. It's going to be, it will be. I'll, I'll take the openings. I'll be looking for them now. It'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be like a little game I, I play with yeah, myself. Let, ping me and let me know when you have one. I'd love to hear just like how it went and, you know, reach out to me. And I know you're a great resource for your listeners here. And, uh, you know, just thank you for having me and allow me to share the thing that I, I really enjoy doing. 
Yeah. Is there any way that if anyone wanted to reach out to you or learn more about these camps, is there a place that they should go and check that out? Yeah. You know what? I just say, if you want to, you know, connect with me on social media, you know, JP Servideo, somebody did create a fake profile where there's a space between JP and Servideo. That is not me. I'm just JP Servideo all across. But yeah, if anybody wants to, you can find me on LinkedIn too. JP Servideo, John Servideo, it comes up. Just connect with me on LinkedIn, connect with me on social media. You know, I just wanted to come here today to, to provide any value that I could for you. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. And everybody, thanks for listening. If you're interested in learning more about the Life Money You program and working on your finances so you can both improve your own financial life, but then really help your kids. We hope that today was helpful and we've got you know coaches and content, all these different things available to you. Um, if you go to lifemoneyu.com, you can subscribe for free and take advantage of those resources because we know that life happens, money is important, and we are here for you. So we appreciate you all for listening. And JP, thanks again. So many great things today. I hope everybody has a great rest of your day.